Welcome to Animals to the Max. I'm your host, Corbin Maxey. This show is about animals and the people who dedicate their lives to them. Welcome everybody back to another episode of the Animals to the Max podcast. I'm your host, Corbin Maxey. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the show. I am so excited because today we are going to talk about alligators and crocodiles, probably some of my favorite animals on the whole entire planet. And I'm joined with one of my favorite podcast guests ever. Seriously, she is amazing. On the show today, I have Savannah Bone from Gatorland. Now, if you follow her on Instagram, which you should, by the way, follow at Savannah Bone. She has a great account and she's always interacting with alligators and crocodiles and always trying to bring awareness to them. And I just, you know, Savannah's been on the show. And like I said, she's one of my favorite guests on the show. We just talk about alligators and crocodiles. We go in depth about what it's like working with crocodiles, because honestly, you know, I work with my two alligators, Sonny and Chompers, but crocodiles are a complete different animal, literally. So Savannah goes into what it's like interacting with saltwater crocodiles, what it was like to feed a saltwater crocodile. She actually goes into the steps of what it was like to feed their large 14 foot saltwater crocodile named Dundee. And the way she describes it, is completely different than what it's like feeding an American alligator. I was so fascinated because, you know, myself, I've never worked with crocs. So it was awesome kind of living through her. And one day, I'm putting it out there, one day, Savannah, I would love to meet Dundee, maybe behind a fence, or maybe I could be with you and just witness a feeding because it just sounds so exciting. During the interview, we also talk about the alligator attack incident that uh, literally was the viral video of a person being attacked by an alligator. We just share our thoughts on that incident. I feel like everyone and their mom has sent me a DM saying, hey, Corbin, what are your thoughts? Hey, Corbin, what are your thoughts? So we just address it at the top of the show. Another thing Savannah and I talk about is Sonny and Chompers and I ask her thoughts on introducing my large male alligator, Sonny, who's nine feet, eight inches to Chompers. She is six feet, 11 inches. And I talk about their introduction because we currently have them separated. So I wanted to get her thoughts on, you know, should we introduce them? What would they do at Gatorland? And I also wanted to get her thoughts on training and what it would be like to train crocodiles and alligators. And we kind of discuss target training. So this is interesting, a very, very fascinating conversation. Also, I encourage you before we get to the interview to make sure to subscribe to the show and leave a rating. Let us know what your favorite episode is. And just by writing a quick review, it helps get the show out there to more people. And as always, I encourage you to join us for the after show. Savannah is such a fun time. We uh, we talk more in the after show and the after show is for Patreons only. So if you are a fan of the Animals to the Max podcast and you want to hear the full interview, including the after after show, head on over to patreon.com slash animals to the max to listen to the episodes in their entirety. But with that said, let's get to it. Savannah, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks so much for having me. I love being on your show last time and super happy to be back. Yes. And matter of fact, you have me all confused though, because you put me against this like rainforest backdrop. So I feel like we're like in it's really weird audience. It looks like we're in like a lion grotto with trees behind us at a zoo. It's crazy. <laughs> I'm going to screenshot us a picture of this. Oh it's yeah. Ridiculous. Oh, I know. I know. Cause I, I don't know where to look. It seriously looks like we're in like a zoo exhibit. Okay. <laughs> smile. Did you screenshot it? 
no, but I will at the end. Okay, awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming back on the show. And Savannah, I, I really want to talk to you because once again, you are one of my favorite people to follow on Instagram. You are always working with my favorite animals, alligators, crocodiles at Gatorland, and you just got back from Belize and you have so much stuff going on. And I just feel like your life is so exciting. It is exciting and it is exhausting, but I just want to say I love your new outside habitat, the outside indoor and going through the shift, and I need to make a trip and fly up there and stay with you and uh, visit with your alligators. That would be super fun. Yes, and by the way, if you're wondering what Savannah's talking about, we just opened outdoor yards for Sonny, my nine and a, actually he's 9.8 feet um, an outdoor area and then chompers my female who's almost seven feet and savannah i need i need some help because chompers she's only been outside once well you know alligators are all about conservation of energy and maybe she just doesn't want to go outside i and that's the thing and she has a nice beach where she is she's been outside once but i feel like it, it, we just kind of lured her with food so i don't think yeah. that i don't think that counts <laughs> well and the thing is like you know some people like the suntan and some people don't. Like, I'm sure she's fine. I watch your Instagram videos and your TikTok videos. And I did see when you lured her out with food, which is which is fine if you want to do that. But she'll find her way. Alligators are way smarter than we give them credit for. I think so. Now, Sonny, my big male, on the other hand, he's out every day. He was out just like he, he's out right now. He loves being outside. Although we're having another problem because he's next to our emu and he's looking at our emu like a giant chicken. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it is kind of a giant chicken. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but like it's to the point where and emus aren't the brightest birds and there is uh -huh. a perimeter fence, but it's to the point. I filmed a video where like Sonny came running out towards the fence and Napoleon's looking and Sonny's looking and Napoleon's looking at like this might be dinner. Well, it's okay for him to think about it, you know, it's just like. Like if you go, like if you're a guy and you go out to a club and you see a girl and you think she's really pretty, maybe he's just like flirting with the idea of having that gigantic chicken. That doesn't mean he's necessarily going to act on it. Do you ever have that problem at Gatorland? Do you ever have animals accidentally go into enclosures at Gatorland like raccoons or opossums? So the way that Gatorland is set up, the natural wildlife of Florida can come and go as they please throughout Gatorland. Our animals have to stay there. But occasionally like we have a petting zoo where we have goats and emu just like you're saying but occasionally i'll walk by and i'll watch i'll see an alligator watching the emu walk back and forth with its fist and i think it's the funniest thing in the world yes they do they seriously they do but do you ever like have a raccoon accidentally go into a crocodile enclosure and find like a half-eaten raccoon at, in, in the morning or anything um i personally have not however um, if, if a raccoon at Gatorland decides that it wants to go in with the crocodile, it's really on its own because it's not our raccoon. And, you know, we like our animals to have a healthy diet. We have lots of little swamp marsh rabbits that run around Gatorland all the time. And I never get scared until they, until I see one in with the Cubans and I'll be like, Oh no, little rabbit, run, run, run. Oh my gosh. See, I have some friends at the Turtleback Zoo and they have a big giant alligator named Peaches and he is infamous for killing raccoons, but he won't eat them. Well, and you know what? We have lots of vultures at Gatorland, like black vultures in oh. Florida and uh, they're protected. But um, 
our alligators sometimes will catch them, but they never eat them. They really? always spit them back out. Really? It's a very strange thing. I've seen it happen several times. Now, do your alligators eat chickens with the feathers on it? Do you ever feed? We don't feed them chickens with the feathers on them. And that's mostly just because of the public's view of that. Um, <laughs> we do feed them rabbits. Um, and we do feed them hog legs because feral hogs are also a problem in Florida. But all of those things are good and nutritious and better for the animals anyways. I was just asking because we've had some hens die of old age that we have. And, you know, our hens are our pets. But when they die, we don't want to waste it. So we've tried to feed dead hens to Sonny and he won't have anything to do with them. He doesn't like the feathers. Well, sometimes I think alligators and crocodiles, when they live at a, at a great place like your place or at Gatorland, like our crocodiles eat really good. Our alligators do, too. So they get kind of bougie and like, <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I think like, like with the black vulture thing, I saw a Cuban crocodile jump in the air and catch a, catch a black vulture out of the air. And I was like, whoa, this is the most amazing thing ever. And you never get to film that part because it happens so fast. Right. Um, and so she swam around it with it in her mouth and she kind of paraded it and showed it off. And then she spit it out. And when she spit it out, the alligators attacked it and they were like, yeah, we got this thing. And then they all spit it out. So what ends up happening is we have to get it out of the drain because they clog the drains the next day because uh, they will not eat them. Oh, my God. That is so fat. I did not know that. That's crazy. I didn't know that. Well, you... and it might just be a Gatorland. I don't know about other other places. I just know that I've seen several of them catch them and several of them spit them right back out. What a horrible way to go. But honestly, though, it's probably pretty quick, too, I'm assuming, with a Cuban croc jumping up and it's just bam. I mean, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's, I mean, when you see it, it's like nature at its finest. It's like Nat Geo and you're just like, whoa, oh, see that? That's amazing. That's amazing. Well, okay. So really quick at the top of the show, I do want to ask you about your adventures. Um, there's something that has been making, you know, national headlines regarding an alligator incident where an alligator bit a person and it's right. been it's been a viral video and I'm sure you've been DM'd about it. Let's just address our thoughts very briefly here because I just feel like we wouldn't be doing the audience justice if we didn't talk about it. Okay. So do you want me to go first or do you want to go first? Yeah, you go first. Okay. So <laughs> you're like, I, I don't want to go. So what what I have to say, and can I be honest, I did not share the video or anything because I didn't want to make it like sensationalized. And I just, I, I like to put alligators in a good light and I feel like you do as well. So I feel yes. like, I, I feel like I don't. And the reason why I do my videos is I don't want alligators come off as, because I mean, they have horrible stereotypes. People think these are monsters, you know, yeah. man, man eating machines. And I know that's why you do what you do. You're trying to show them in a different light. So with the incident, I think the person, I, I'm happy the person was not hurt. And I feel like I, I, I'm happy that, that everyone's okay. And I think when, when you go into this line of work, when you work with dangerous animals, it is something that can happen. And it's like, you, yes. it's like you're playing with a loaded gun. Anything can happen at any time. And I feel like a lot of people going into this field know that and they don't blame the animal. I haven't looked much into it. I don't know if that, I, I don't believe that person is blaming the animal. And I hope they do not euthanize the alligator because it is not the alligator's fault. No, the alligator is just, 
do an alligator business. Like, and that's just what they do, you know? So, like, I, I am right there with you. Like, I'm glad everybody's okay. I'm glad that injuries weren't worse. And I wish everybody the best, you know? Like, everyone that works with alligators and crocodiles knows that it's dangerous. It's no big secret, the damage that they can do. And, you know, we just all have to do our best to be safe and, like, do the best job we can. Every animal's different. So my way might not be your way, might not be a Brian Barczyk way. Like, how Brian Barczyk trains his, his alligator, RJ, is completely different from how we train alligators at Gatorland. Like, and, and when I first saw it, because Brian and I have been friends for a long time, when I first saw it, I was like, why is that animal not biting him? I don't understand. <laughs> but he's done it the same way every single time. And, you know, it works for him. And every animal's personality is different as well. So you just never know, but you just always try to be as safe as possible. Absolutely. Okay, great. I think we said it all. Okay. So, yeah, do you have anything else to say? I'm good. I think we said it all. And, you know, like, it's always, it, you know, one incident with anyone affects all of us. Mm -hmm. All of us that work with alligators and crocodiles. It definitely does. Um, you know, I, I try to stay as positive as possible. Like, you know critiquing criticizing all those kinds of things it's not doing anyone any grand justice like uh you know we just love our animals and we understand what they are capable of when we go and work with them and like we just have to do the best job we can to give them the best life possible yes and i'm happy you said that every like alligator or crocodilian is different every animal's different and every situation is different and facilities are different and right. I feel I really like how you brought that up because there are facilities who train animals a certain way and there's facilities yeah. that, you know, don't train. And, you know, and I, I'm happy that you that 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 you said that because each animal is so different. It's crazy. The difference between like, you know, my Sonny and Chompers and I only have two. I mean, at Gatorland, you're working. I mean, with how many how many crocodiles and alligators do you have at Gatorland? We have over 2000 alligators and crocodiles. 2000? They're not all at Gatorland. Some of them are at Gatorland. Some of them are at, uh, like I said, Brian Barchek's. Uh, some of them, like we have alligators at educational facilities from deep South Florida all the way up to New York and all the way over to California. So we share our population with other facilities that do educational work with those animals to teach people, you know, then maybe when they come to Florida, they won't make a mistake and they'll be okay. Okay, so when are you going to ship one of the white alligators my way? <laughs> well, we do have to talk about that because, you know, I know you wanted to take, uh, I know you wanted to take one of our albinos on the Today Show, I think it is. Yeah. But they've gotten a lot bigger since you wanted to do that. So we do have three baby albinos right now and, um, and maybe some more because there are things in the incubator. So we'll just have to wait on that. Uh, but, uh, we do have three young ones now and, uh, maybe like, but going back to what you were saying about different ways of training, like I would never do the things that I do with my alligators with your alligators because I don't know them personally. Like you, do, mm -hmm. right. Yeah. You know how you behave with them. You know what their personalities are. I don't, I'm not privy to that. So I would have to stay with you like a couple days and be around them to see what you do and how you do it. And, you know, that's a, I think that's a really big thing with the reptile community in general. You know, like if I came to you, I would be learning from you. And if you came to me, same thing, right? But I think a lot of people try to maybe say something's wrong when they don't necessarily know whether it's right or wrong, because what's right or wrong for this animal is not the same for that animal. 
Yeah, and I, I deal with that a lot, too, um, just because my animals, I, I mean, guess I sorry, I'm not trying to put this back on me, but just my alligators are different because we are in Idaho. We're one of the very few places in Idaho that houses alligators. They're indoors for portions of the year. And so when you, you know, as you know, when you put yourself out there on social media and your videos are seen by millions of people, there are always people like, and I love how you said this, they're called the alligator police. <laughs> <laughs> And they do. I know. I used to make jokes. I wanted to feed him to Sonny, but I feel like that's not really appropriate. <laughs> so now, now I just call them Karens. Uh, and and, and if, they, <laughs> if they, if they come on my live, I just, oh, I'm like, oh, Hey Karen, give me one second. And then I'll kind of go into, you know, my whole spiel. But uh, right, right, yeah, right. but I, yeah, every facility is different. And I think I reptile people that we're hard on each other. I feel like, you know, I, I think we're a lot harder than we should be, especially with the way that things are going when it comes to people that love and have dedicated their lives to animals. Like, I, I feel like if there's not some sort of unification, that it'll that things are only going to get worse, not just for one of us, but for all of us, you know? Like, like I, I never say anything bad about anyone. And, you know, I see stuff online, too, that I'm like, oh, my God, why would they do that? But you know what? I'm not the alligator police. So it's not my job to tell anyone how to do what they need to do with their animals. Just like it's not your job. Like it's none of our jobs to do it. Like what works, different things work for different strokes. Yeah, I like that. How do you respond? And it's interesting talking about social media because you have a massive platform. You have fans around the world. How do you deal with criticisms like that? I don't. I don't. You. Do, if I even... If I even have a hint that someone's going to come at me or they post anything that's not positive, I block and delete them immediately without a second thought. So my problem was because since since you and I have talked and became friends, my my channels and online presence has has grown because people are just so invested in my alligators. I've tried to respond to them early on in my, in my, in that, and it, you, you don't get anywhere. You're shaking your head. You're saying you don't it's get a, anywhere. It's a waste of your time. It really okay. is. Like I used to do that too. Okay. I used to try to like explain to every single person. Um, and I used to try to like, oh no, that person doesn't like me. Let, let me try to get them to, to like me. But you know what? Here's how I think about it now. I, cause I believe in abundance. Maybe they don't like me and they don't like the way I do it, but maybe they like you and the way you do it. So I'll block you and delete you. That way you don't have to see my stuff anymore and it won't be upsetting to you. And you go follow Corbin. No, I don't want him. I don't He's want him. Friend. I don't want him. But I've literally got myself in pickles trying to, and I remember talking to my buddy who has, he has like, you know, like a few million subscribers on YouTube. And he's like, you don't like, don't let it affect you, but don't feed into it. Like, just don't, right. you know, and yeah. And I think that, I think that was my problem. Cause you feel like you, you, you just want to show them and tell them like, no, this isn't the situation, but they don't care. No, they don't care. And, and you know what, you know, what? one of the things I love the most is TikTok, Right. And I love it because it's fun. And there's no point in me trying to explain anything to an international audience about what I'm doing. So if they think, Oh my God, that girl's so stupid whatever think that if you want like you know it doesn't matter to me and and people's uh, opinions of me quite frankly are none of my business i just want you to love the animals that i'm working with i don't care what you think about me so much yeah and you know what made me realize too is that most people unless they're being downright nasty are coming from a place of of 
passion and compassion for the animals. And so when I get something that's negative or, or like attacking how my animals are housed, I realize like, okay, this person gen genuinely cares about the animal. I need to realize that. And they don't know the whole story and that's okay. And I don't have to respond to them. And you know, I don't know, I guess kind of, maybe that makes me feel better. Well, I mean, and it's okay if you do it. I just, I quite frankly am so busy. I don't I have time to do that. Like what I've noticed is people don't even barely read captions. So no. what makes you think they're going to read something else you write? So I just, you know, I do the best I can to describe it. Like if I say, oh, this is Bonecrusher. He's an American crocodile. He's this many years old, uh, blah, blah, blah. The first question I will be like, what kind of animal is that? <laughs> or, or even better, are you sure that's not an alligator? Well, yep, I'm sure. So it's, it, it, and if you just read what I wrote at the top, you'd already know, but you know. I don't know. Sometimes people just want to get a rise out of you, but I don't play that game. That's good. Yeah. Cause you've been doing this for many, many years and you are, yeah, you're blowing up on Instagram, on TikTok. I'll make sure to include the links on the show notes. But that doesn't mean I don't get my feelings hurt. Cause I do get my feelings hurt. Cause I think we live in a world where you forget there's a mm -hmm. real human being on the other side of that keyboard. And if you're being super mean to them, then you're just a mean person. Like, in, and I, I, and you and I have talked about this because you and I talk, we, we talk pretty frequently. Mm -hmm. Um, like I used to follow people on Instagram that I thought were the greatest people ever. And then I met them in real life and they were so mean. And I, like, like I was about to cry. I met this one girl I used to follow and I was like, oh my God, she's so cool. If I ever met her, we we're going to be best friends. Like we love the same thing. And like, we're both kind of crazy and wild. And like, and then I met her. Oh my gosh, Corbin, and she was so mean to me. And all that, like, I was about to cry, but I wouldn't let myself cry because, you know, I'm a grown up. Yeah. But I was just like, oh my gosh, this is the meanest girl in the world. I can never, ever, ever like her again. And so, because that happened to me, I make sure that every single person that ever comes to Gatorland or I meet anywhere, like, they're my best friend for life. I would never, ever, ever treat anyone like that. Yeah, I agree. And getting nice, it, it gets you far when it is a small, small world. And you and I have talked off the podcast and we're not going to say names and get everyone riled up. But no, it is funny how things do come around. And I'm just saying I have seen people be mean and I have worked in entertainment for many, many years. And I've seen celebrities be mean and, you know, on national shows. And you just kind of see, I just have to say karma is a thing. I'm just, I'm just saying like it, it is a thing and you just treat people nice. It definitely is a thing. And, you know, like what, so when people write to me, cause they write to me pretty frequently, how do I get into working with animals? How do I get into that? And I always say the same three, three things. One, always be the hardest working person in the room. Two, be nice to everyone, everyone. Even if you think they're the janitor, even if you think like, you know, you're better than them, just be nice to everyone. And then the third thing that I always say is volunteer, volunteer, volunteer. And if you're going to demand money or think you deserve money, like that just bumps you back to the bottom of the list. Cause there's plenty of other people that'll do it for free. I would have done it for free. I have done it for free for years, 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 and years to mm. get to what I'm doing now. Yes. Be nice. Even that person handing you chicken strips and concessions. Those are some of the coolest people and they'll hook you up with free food and soft drinks. I'm just saying. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
Yeah. Yeah. So did it take you, because I guess we are talking about social media, did it take you a while to be comfortable on camera? Because you're so great on camera. You're great. Um, you're very authentic. You come across authentic and that's why, and, and you are authentic. That's why I think so many people like you. Did it take you a while to be comfortable or did you always it, feel like you had that? You know, I, I grew up in the South. Yep. I remember our first <laughs> so interview. the time I was tall enough to walk or, or could walk, I've been in, like, my parents put me in pageants because that's what girls in the South do. And so I was always on a stage somehow. Just now the stage is in my uh, in my living room and not in, uh, it's not like a real stage with real people. But because of COVID, that doesn't happen anymore either. So it's just the same for me, you know? Yes, yeah, so you've always just felt comfortable, always felt like an entertainer at heart. Yeah. That's awesome. That's great. Well, you are... Excellent, excellent at it. What is the number one question you get asked about alligators online? Um, probably aren't you scared? Yeah. And what are do you, you Oh, what, you mean like a like a question about the animal itself? No. Like most people just ask me if I'm scared and I say no, I'm not afraid, but I do respect their space and their abilities and I try to work within that, you know. Um because they're just fascinating and and it's only in my nature to want to get as close as I can and, you know, see see every little detail on them and get super involved. And I'm a tactile learner, so touching things is definitely helpful to me. Um, uh, so being able to touch an alligator gives it a whole new sort of spiritual life for me and learning process for me. Um, that's probably the question I get asked the most. Oh, that or um, how come they're not trying to eat you? Yes. And what do you say to that one? I say, cause they don't want to. I'm their friend. <laughs> I say, because I'm big and I'm, I'm the chicken man. Sonny doesn't want to eat the guy who brings him chicken. <laughs> yeah. So, so when you got started, did you gradually work with alligators before you started working with crocs? Because crocodiles are a lot more aggressive or did you jump into it all at Gatorland? No. Um, so I worked with alligators in Florida for a little bit. Then I lived in California where I worked at a reptile zoo in California. So I worked with the big retics and the big berms and, and there were some alligators there, dwarf came in, things like that. But I always wanted to work at Gatorland. I think we talked about this in your last podcast, but sure. new people, I applied for seven years before I got my job at Gatorland. Mm, mm -hmm. Seven years of applying for the same job, which was any job you have to offer, I'll take it. Um, and so, you know, it was. It took a long time for me to for me to even be confident enough in my abilities to work with crocodiles because they're just a different animal than alligators. Yeah, I always make the joke because people always like, do you want to work with crocs? And I always make the joke, I probably wouldn't be alive if I was doing the stuff that I was doing with the alligators because I go in with the alligators and I am always doing something, whether it's trying to unclog a pump or whether it's watering the plants. Like I'm with the alligators and crocs, like you just, I love how you said that they are just completely different animals. Let's talk about that for the listeners who maybe don't know. Well, I mean, crocodiles, so people always ask, you know, crocodiles have a bigger bite force than an alligator does. And people always ask me why that is. And the reason is because they have to take down bigger prey. Like they have to, they have to think faster. They have to take down bigger meals because that might be all that's available to them. So if you think about it like that and you think that you're a big, like sometimes I can just turn, if I, I can be doing something with a crocodile and if I just turn my eyes in the opposite direction, they're, they're swift enough to catch it and lunge. Like it's happened to me time and time again because 
they pay attention to things that alligators don't really care too much about. Like the cadence of my steps versus my coworkers' steps when we walk through the jungle crop section of our park, they know the difference between me and everyone else there. Hmm. That's interesting. They're even looking at your eyes. Oh, yeah. Really? So much. Just waiting for you to not be looking at them. Wow. So was that, and who was the first, what type of crocodile was the first croc you ever fed? Well, I noticed it. Uh, at first, I know. so Dundee is our biggest saltwater crocodile. And I used to sit by the fence with him. I actually did that this afternoon before I came home. Because that's where I kind of detox for my day. So cool. And be like, oh my gosh, Dundee, let me tell you what happened today. Blah, 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 <laughs> oh my blah, God, blah. so awesome. He can't tell nobody what I'm saying. Anyway, so I would sit at the fence with him. But when we first started our relationship, when I would sit there, I would notice that if I looked away, he would lunge at the fence. Every time. Every time. Every time. And uh, so then we kind of calmed that behavior down so he doesn't do that that much anymore. But now when we're when I'm inside, I know that if I look away sometimes, he's going to jump. Like I can see it in his eyes. And, I, and I've been learning about not so much watching the head of the crocodile as watching the back legs and the tail, right? Oh. Because when they're going to jump, if they're on the land, they'll start to tuck their two back legs under, right? And they do it really slow because they're really sneaky. But I'm on to them. They'll t start to tuck it because they're going to jump. And if they're in the water and they're about to lunge, you can see the back tip of their tail start to start to wag, right? And that's how, like, so I usually just stare at the face and not pay attention to the rest because the face is the part that's going to bite you. But now I've learned to pay attention to other body postures and, and behaviors and movements that I didn't used to pay attention to before. So how long were you working at Gatorland before you got to go in with Dundee and feed him? Um, at least like a year and a half, Really, at least like a year and a half. And, and then when I did start going in, it wasn't to feed him. It was to film other people that were feeding him, but I watched everything those people did. And then what the great part is when I would have to come home to edit the videos for YouTube, I could watch what that person did. I could watch what the animal was doing. And I learned a lot from that in that, like the first time I tried to feed Dundee, when he turned around to come to me. I saw his eyes, I saw him look at me and then be like, oh, I got her. <laughs> like, oh. I saw him look at me and then I saw him, and then I saw him lean back a little bit and then he flinched like that to see what I would do, right? Like, I'm gonna get you. Um, he didn't run for me, he didn't come after me, he just tried to see if I would flinch. And when he did that, I, I like dropped the food and ran out. I was like, nope, I can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> so then it was like another, it was like another three months <laughs> before I tried again. Oh my God. That's, I mean, that's, that could be terrifying. I mean, it, it is. <laughs> You're like, it is. I love, I literally thought you were going to say he, he came at me and he flinched and I stood there and stared at him. Uh -huh. and I was going to be like, oh, that's such a brave. Oh, you're just like, I'm out of there. Mm -mm. I mean, of, of course, like that's a, that's a human survival skill. It's not, sure. it's, it's not uncommon. I'm pretty sure that anybody, when they first worked with crocodiles had incidents like that. And I've had numerous ones and, and quite frankly, I'm not embarrassed to say it because 
I'm not going to stand there and try to, like, stand my ground against a crocodile because I'm always going to lose. Yeah. Always going to lose. Yeah. I, yeah. So are you, what are the safety protocols for that going in with a big croc like Dundee? So we always have to have sticks on the outside. We have a bite bag on the outside with different things in it. So if anyone does get bit, um, someone always has to have a radio and also a cell phone. So if something gets thrown in the water, we have a secondary means of communication. Never, ever do we go in by ourselves, ever, no matter who you are at Gatorland, no matter how long you've been there. Because, again, if there's crocodiles in there, it changes the game. So, uh so we and we we definitely have all of those things. Um, the second time I went in to try with Dundee, he did the same thing because they like to pick up on patterns, right? And if they can get you into a pattern like an animal, they'll watch it for days. Uh, th- when the sun's right here, it comes down to the water. It drinks for a little bit, and then it goes back. When the sun's right here, it comes down to the water, but not as close. And and then the crocodile will learn, right? The animal's behavior, just like Dundee learns my behavior, learns the sound of my steps, knows the sound of my car, all of those things he knows. Um, and they just wait because they ain't got nothing but time. <laughs> so the second time he did the same thing. And instead of running, like I did the time before, I took a step back, but I didn't leave. And then he stopped again. And I could see his little wheels turning like a, like a, Oh, I guess she thinks this is all right. And then he flinched again, and I stood there for a second, but I was right by the gate because I could have run out super fast. And then he ran like a bullet. Like, if I wouldn't have had it open, he would have slammed me into the wall and gotten me for sure. So, again, but we learned from that experience. And then, you know, after about another two months, I was like, okay, okay. I'm following him. I'm watching him. But what I learned from the videos I was making, that was my first point, was his, his the way that he walks, his gait towards me is completely different than his gait towards another keeper. Mm-hmm. Like there's a there's a more relaxed sort of walking that he does when he's coming towards me than there is when he's coming towards other people. Does that make sense? Yeah. I wonder why that is, though. So I talked to Ron Whitaker about it, who's like the god of all crocodile people, right? Uh-huh. And Graham Webb. And, and Ron told me this. Savannah, there is no doubt, because he came out to Gatorland. He was like, there's no doubt in my mind that you and Dundee have a beautiful relationship. But you always got to remember this. You don't know what his terms of this relationship are. And there's lots of dead bodies that thought they had a good relationship. But, you know, in other countries, not so much the United States, but, you know, a crocodile is a thinking animal. Like it's a, it's definitely, it's paying attention to every single thing you do. So we switch up our feeding routines all the time with the crocodiles. Really? So, so they don't get bored. No. So they don't know what we're going to do. And then they outthink us <laughs> like, Oh, when Savannah comes in, she takes three steps this way, four steps this way. And, but today I'm going to, I'm going to sit here instead. Cause I know this is, this is her movement pattern. Right? Like, I feel like I'm talking to someone who works at Jurassic park. <laughs> like with the velociraptors because this is completely different than how we feed our alligators completely different well because alligators are different so different you know? so different yeah but you know every now and then we get a brand new wild alligator and the same thing happens like they that you know it's, your alligators know you inside and out they know yes. everything you're gonna do they know you're not gonna hurt them 
They know they don't have to fight with you. They know that they're always going to be safe. They don't have to fight for food. Like, so there's a level of comfortability that they have with you, right? That's mm -hmm. different than any that's ever going to happen in any other scenario. That's why what you're doing is so beautiful with them. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. I'm happy you approve. No, I, I love it. I, I love it. And it, yeah, and I feel people have bought, I get messages all the time. People are like, I would die for Chompers. Or I would die for Sonny. Or people will message me and say, these videos save lives. And I just never think about, and I'm just like, oh my God, it's just insane how people just feel connected. But th there is a bond, but I do like what you said earlier, but there is still a healthy respect for them because they still you know, can be quite dangerous, you know? Oh yeah. Like I honestly believe that if I didn't spend as much time outside the fence with Dundee as I do, like I told you, I sit with him almost every day, yeah. at least for like five, 10 minutes. Um, and if I don't, he behaves differently the next day. Um, uh, so it's something that he's gotten used to, whether he likes it or whether he doesn't, I don't really know. Maybe he's just interested or maybe he's waiting for the day that I come try to sit with him by myself. Um, that could completely be possible. But I feel like that time that I've spent and modicum of trust, if there is that, not me trusting him, because I never do, but him trusting me a teeny bit has allowed me to get out of some situations that could have gotten stickier. <laughs> so when you finally feed him, aren't there instances, though, where the croc is just trying to come at you and he's not going for the food? Um, there, mm, so we've kind of started doing this thing with all of our crocodiles, which is a kind of a weird thing. It's like, sometimes I have some harebrained ideas and they work out really well, but, um, so sometimes we just go in with Dundee and sit and we don't feed him and we don't mess with him and we don't go to where he's at. We just go sit on a rock in the other side of the habitat. Huh. And if he starts to come for us, we'll leave because clearly he doesn't want us to be there. But a lot of the times, he just really doesn't care that we're in there. And, and all of those little incidents, like if you know about reptiles, building a relationship with a reptile is probably harder than any other animal in the world. And uh, it's time, 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 time with no incident, time with no food, time with, uh, you know, no noise, time with no people around, time with no cameras, because they always behave differently. I know that Sony and Chompers have done some of the coolest stuff that's ever happened, but only when you didn't have a camera in your hand. Of course. Oh, 110%. Oh, yeah. Or, or when I'll be like, I'm just going to check on them, and I'll be like, and, you know, oh, I, I, I don't think I'll take my phone. And then, right. of course, the one time he does something amazing, and he's, like, scratching his ear. He, like, comes over to me, and he's, like, looking up, and he's blowing bubbles. And I'm like, are you kidding me? But yet, 100%. Always. Always. Oh, yeah. Always. Yeah. You know what's weird? You know what's weird, though? I am almost convinced that they now know when I go live on TikTok. I I, I know it. Oh, like they, because sure. I go live for like a half an hour and they are used to me, the phone stand. They're used to the talking. They're, it's like they know and they know to the point where they come. They know where they get fed. They know where we filmed. It's it, it just, it blows my mind. Like I, I tell people, I'm almost certain they know like, okay, yep, this is time for, you know, obviously they don't know this is TikTok, but they know like, okay, Corbin's in here. He's going to be talking for half an hour, this and that. And then we get fed. Yeah, they do know. And again, that's a pattern. If you take the camera stand in, they already know. If you take the food in and you start talking, they already know the process and they're, 
And again, like that's just that's the apex predator behavior. Like there is, they're gonna they're gonna figure out your patterns, and then you know probably not your alligators, but some animals like they'll they'll use those patterns against you if they get the chance. Oh yeah. Do you do you guys? Uh, I really want to start working on target training them, and I really I, I've I've never worked on that. Um, any any pointers with that? Because um, I'm you guys. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. I would love to hear. I, I would love. I would love. Here's what I would like to do. Um, where you live in Idaho? Idaho. Not okay, hold on. I, I would like to like. So uh, I could come out there and we could work with Sony and Chompers like yes. for a weekend or something like that. Uh-huh. And I'll show you how we, we like train our alligators when we use targets. Sometimes some animals like targets, some animals just voice, some animals hand signals. Mm-hmm. Again, every animal is different. And quite frankly, your alligators probably don't care too much about it, but it shouldn't take you that long to teach them. I would love to do that. And I would like to train them to go into a shift box or crate i want to make just in case we ever had to do any vet thing like or anything so we don't have to jump on them and do what we had to do to give a move to them in the first place well and again you don't need a target to train them to go into a box either you can do that with just the box like our newest saltwater crocodile Uh um that we got from my friend fred um he, he just trained her to go into a box and then we slid down like guillotine doors on both sides. Sure. Put it in the back of a U-Haul, brought it to Gatorland, put it in the habitat, pulled up the guillotine door. She walked out and went right into the water. Wow. Okay. So, but he had to do, I'm sure he was feeding her in there. I mean, I'm assuming yeah. that. Yeah. So we just made a big box. Sure. And he would put food in the box. Yep. And leave both sides up so they couldn't fall on her. And then she could, you know, make her rounds in the box. And mm. she started to learning to eat inside the box. Uh-huh. And then on the last day, like we were already there and mm. uh, she went in the box and she got her food and we closed it down and then we brought her. But here's the great part of the story. I don't think I've ever told this story publicly. Only at Gatorland. So, so this saltwater crocodile's name is Salty Girl. And she came from Fred Grunwald. He was a private owner. He wrote one of the first herpetology books from Florida, and, and he's just a, an amazing human being. Um, so he had this saltwater crocodile his whole entire life, and it was always lived in his backyard. It had a gigantic enclosure, um, but she was trying to dig out to get to some of his other crocodiles because she's a breeding age now. And so we wanted to bring her to Gatorland. Well, she came to Gatorland, she had never been around that many people, right? Mm. So, like, for a very long time, she wouldn't come out of the water. And it was wintertime, so we started to get a little bit concerned, right? Mm -hmm. She wouldn't come out of the water, stayed under the water. She would come out sometimes, but if anybody walked by, she would go hide. She was very, very skittish. So Fred also had a kookaburra in his backyard. Get this. This is the greatest. So, um... I thought, okay, so here's this crocodile. It's really shy. There's nothing making it feel comfortable. It doesn't know me. It doesn't know anybody. Um, What if we had a kookaburra and and it can hear that sound? That's a familiar sound, right? Because we don't have anything else to give it familiar. So it just so happened that during the quarantine, like, somebody had a kookaburra they couldn't take care of. They lost their business. And so we took it and we put it in the back by the crocodile. And literally within a week of hearing that bird, she was out every day. Oh my God. That is the best story. It just, it it was like home to her. Yeah. So the kookaburra is a companion animal for the crocodile. Oh my God. You have to do a video about that. Holy crap. You have to do a video. Did I do that? I don't remember. Everything's kind of a blur of what I filmed and what I have it. But 
it's a really neat story. And like, I, I just think that, you know, how sensitive was she that she was like, oh, wait, I hear this. And then sometimes Fred, I'll, I'll have him call, call me and leave me a voicemail and I'll play the voicemail for her. And always when I play his voice for her, she'll always pop her head up out of the water. No, there. really? Yeah. Oh yeah. my God. That is the best. I think I like that better than the kookaburra. That is a, <laughs> seriously. God, that is so weird. So she, out of all the, oh, that is, wow. Wow. And for people who, who think that they're dumb or there's nothing up there, these are intelligent apex predators. I mean, you're playing a voicemail and she's like, oh, that's Fred. Wow. Yeah. Have you ever had Fred, Fred visit? Fred has a very distinct voice. He had cancer for a bit. So okay. his voice is very distinct and very much like no other person's voice. Okay. So the new crocodile, the salty girl, she doesn't like me. And that's fine. Like, I'm a big and scary person. But she does like some of the shorter people at work because Fred's a shorter guy. So it's really interesting to watch who she, like, who she likes and who she doesn't. Like, she will not eat from me at all under any circumstances. How how big is Salty Girl? She's about mm, seven or eight feet. Okay, seven, eight feet. And is she housed alone, you said? Or? Yeah, she lives by herself right now. Okay. She lives by herself, but she's sweet on Dundee, who lives right next to her. So, it's, oh, who do you want to send it to? Oh, I am so sorry. I think my Siri just or my watch just came on. <laughs> I was like, who is that? I... <laughs> oh my gosh! The other day, Siri was trying to tell me how to drive, and I yelled at her in the car. Oh, and 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 it, it was not a nice thing that I yelled at her. But I mean, again, she's a robot, and she clapped back at me. Siri did, and said. She said, I'm sorry, I'm just trying to do my job. And I was like, oh my God. It's scary. I'm like. Don't talk to me like that. Yeah, I can't believe. Okay, so can you say that one more time before Siri interrupted? So her and Dundee are next to each other? Yeah, and she, I think she's sweet on Dundee, which is good. Because what we're going to do is we're going to let Dundee have two girlfriends. And we're going to make him a shift. And we're going to shift him back and forth between the two females. That is, so that makes me nervous, not for what you guys are doing with Dundee and Salty Girl, but so we have Sonny and Chompers currently separated because Sonny is yeah. nine feet, eight inches. She is six feet, 11 inches. And he is just so much bigger. And so we're honestly waiting till she gets approaching eight feet to do the full introduction. What are your thoughts on that? So I don't, how do you have our... So what we are doing with, with ours, we always do this with crocodiles, especially sometimes with alligators. We make what's, what we call a howdy. I don't know what it's really called. Uh -huh. um, so the reason Salty Girl is in an, a habitat right next to Dundee's habitat is uh, because they can see each other through the fence. They can smell each other. They can get close to each other. I mean, if they really wanted to push it, they could touch each other through the fence. So they're getting to know each other all along. Introductions are always difficult and you never know what's going to happen. You just have to trust your best judgment. Like, like we would never introduce this crocodile to Morton, who's our other saltwater crocodile, because he's just an animal. Like, he's just out for blood always for no reason. He's a different kind of crocodile. Um, but, you know, we have introduced Dundee to other crocodiles before that maybe he didn't like so much. So... Seeing that with your real eyes and, and recognizing their power in that moment. I mean, both crocodiles are fine and nothing bad happened, but it very easily could have escalated quickly had we not like been there to intervene. 
Huh. Yeah, I'm still so nervous, but I think Sonny likes her because I literally went in there into the alligator house at midnight and just to check on them. And I re I literally went in there and Sonny and Chompers were both because they can. See, so we have a partition underneath the bridge and they can see each other because they because uh -huh. they share a pool and their noses were nose to nose and they were just staring at each other. Nothing aggressive. You should just, so you can get one of those battery packs or, or get yourself like a trail cam and put it down there and just film what they do at night and see what they're doing. I have a wise cam, but maybe I should do that to see what yeah. they are doing. Because I guarantee you they're talking to each other. Of course. And so and, and, and they bellow back and forth, too. Isn't that interesting? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. If they bellow back and forth, they're probably good. I, I would have to see their sizes. But um, Sonny's if they're just... bellowing back and forth, they're good. Are you sure one's a male and one's a female? Yes, I know that Sonny is a male because his junk came out during a presentation once out of, <laughs> out of a herpetological meeting and it made every guy uncomfortable. Everyone was jealous because it was massive. But yes, Sonny is a male and Chompers was sexed before I got her. But honestly, judging by her smaller head and size, I'm almost positive she's a female. Well, I'd check again, just because, why not? I mean, it ain't going to hurt anything to check again. Because um, I think, <laughs> I think, I think we have an, an alligator, uh, uh, an albino alligator, but I think it's a male based on the way that it looks and acts, mm -hmm. but I don't think it has a penis. Really? Yeah. I... I yeah, yeah, but when you say go in there and get him sex, it's a little easier said than done. <laughs> I haven't. She's not as comfortable with me going in there and be like, "Hey, Chompers, can I lift up your skirt?" Like I feel like she'd be really <laughs> mad. Um, I don't know. Then maybe work on that part of it first, you know, because it doesn't take but a split second to do it, you know. Yeah. Uh, but if they're bellowing back and forth, they do. So when she when she bellows, does she have the water dance or she just has the noise? Just the noise. And Sonny has yeah. the water dance, and they do it whenever they hear a tractor or airplane fly over because they think it's a, yeah. yeah another alligator. But they both bellow. I have it on camera. But if she's not making a water dance, I think that means she's a female. Yeah, yeah, because because males only do the water dance, so I'm almost positive right, she's a female. Yeah, hits the low base. Yeah. yeah. I'm almost positive, but it makes me nervous, Savannah, because Sonny's head is massive. Like, he's so big, and Chompers is my baby girl. If something happened to her, I would be crushed. It would be like losing a child. Well, I mean, then then if something starts to happen or you see something starts to happen, you just got to get in there and, and end it. Like, well, how you got to get in there and break it up. I yeah yeah, but it's like that's just what makes I don't know. I think we might wait another year. I just it makes me nervous. It makes me well, so don't rush. You definitely need to feel comfortable before you do it. Like it is, it is definitely a. It's it's like one of those things where you're gonna be, have to be up all night and you're not gonna have you. You can't leave. You got to stay in there with them because you know you got you got to be there if anything happens. Like I've spent the night at Gatorland so many times when we've done crocodile introductions just to make sure nothing else, nothing bad happened. And like, you know, so that's just what you got to do. You got to ride it out for 24, sometimes even longer than that to make sure they get along. But Sony doesn't have many choices when it comes to women. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure he's going to be like, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, but I've seen her come at him 
aggressively like towards the fence and then he just kind of looks and, and, and will turn away which kind of makes me happier that she's a little spicier than him the the female little alligators are always the spiciest like we call all of, like you were saying you call the the trolls karens uh-huh. i call all of our female alligators karen yeah they're always always trying to cause a drama <laughs> yeah <laughs> so what do you do to separate them do you have your sticks is that what you is that what you have you gotta jump in um, so we're lucky in that, um, so our, our, our sometimes our, our, with our crocodiles, let's say they get into an encounter with each other, uh-huh. but we have enough alligators in there that if we start throwing food in that direction and the alligators know, like they'll go over there and break it up for us if they're in the deep water, which is really good. Cause I've used that trick several times Sure. where I've been like, Gators, come and get it, come yeah. get it right there, right there. And they'll, and like. The, the ones that are in the middle of whatever might be going on and entanglement uh, that the other alligators will distract them into not like not being a part of it. Um, but yeah, like you got to get in with a stick or a rope or something like that. If it gets gnarly, I, I mean, sometimes it gets like that. Yeah. What do you say to people? Cause I'm sure you've gotten this. Uh, do alligators get lonely? I'm curious to see your response and, and I'll tell you my response after I hear yours. I just really don't think they care that much. <laughs> like, they're solitary animals. I mean, I-, I think some alligators might get lonely. I don't know that they feel loneliness the same way that we do. I don't know that they, like, long for companionship like we do. Like, you know, the whole anthropomorphization of all of this gets real weird sometimes. You know, like... If somebody walks by an alligator and it's just laying there, is it depressed? <laughs> people it will sleeping? say people will say that when they see chompers on her sand under her palm tree. And I've had people be like, oh, she looks so sad. And I'll be like, well, it's alligator. It's what they do. They bask. Like, I don't know how. Like, it's funny how anthropomorphism, how people can, yeah, interpret different natural things. So how do you how do you answer the question? I say that they are not a social species like a primate like us. When they're younger, they can, you know, kind of be together. But I say they, they don't, they don't, they're not, they're not a primate. It's not like a gorilla or a chimp or like us. That's, that's what I say. They're just different animals. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they're, they're not really social animals, but you know, they can be like, I know like, this. Yeah. They, they always can be, you know, in different scenarios. I just don't, I don't think they think about things like we do. So it's really hard to say. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's kind of a weird question. <laughs> I get a lot but of, I've heard it before too. Yeah. Like I've heard it before too. Like I, you know, we, one of our biggest alligators is named Chester and Chester lives at Gatorland. He's one of the first alligators that came from FWC to wow. a park mm-hmm. because he's a great educational lesson. Chester did eat a couple dogs. He ate those dogs because people had been feeding Chester for years in a community. Mm-hmm. Chester was very accustomed to people. New people moved in, walked their dogs down there. Chester thought, oh, look, they brought me something else today. <laughs> and he ate them. You wait, wait, ate, not, the, ate, ate the dog or the people? He ate a German Shepherd and I think a Jack Russell and then maybe a couple other Chester dogs. ate a German Shepherd? think so how big how big's chester oh my gosh chester's gigantic he's like 14 feet long oh he's 14 feet holy cow he's huge but he lives by himself and the reason he lives by himself is because he was a big alligator when he came 
And when we put him in, well, I wasn't there yet, but when they put him in with the rest of the alligators, guess what Chester did? Eight, Chester other- went on. Chester tried to go on a spree, and they had to jump in and shut it down. But that's why he lives by himself. So if people come by and they're like, "Oh, he's by himself," well, guess what? If you let him go somewhere else, he's gonna kill everything. And so we were building him an outside habitat, but pandemic. Nobody's making money. Everybody's locked down. Like that set that back a little bit. But we are working on it. Um, but I don't think Chester ever gets lonely. I think he likes it. Nice, nice. Okay, Savannah, we're nearing an hour. I asked on Instagram if there were a few uh, questions for us uh, and you regarding alligators. Will you take a couple? Yeah, sure. Okay, let's see if we have any. I'm I'm doing this right now. Let's see here. Blah blah blah. Let's see what we have here. Let's see if we have any questions for you. I think, how do you get to your questions? Oh, you swipe up, right? I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know how to work that part of Instagram. <laughs> how do we do it? I don't, <laughs> I'm looking right now. Oh my God. I think you could type something. Okay. Interactions. Savannah, how do you tell the difference between an alligator and a crocodile? Um, visually, an alligator's face is shaped like the letter U and a crocodile's face is shaped like the letter V. Do you have a dream crocodilian to work with? I definitely want a mugger crocodile. A mugger crocodile. I want a mugger crocodile because I love mugger crocodiles because they're like the alligators of crocodiles. But they're also known in some areas as man eaters, and I think mugger crocodiles are really cool. Okay. Have you ever worked with caiman? I do. We have a couple caiman at Gatorland. We have a Yukari. We have a Spectacle caiman, and we're about to get – so they have all those caiman that are invasive down in South Florida, and sometimes we take them in. What what are more aggressive, caiman or crocodiles? Crocodiles win the war. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That is so awesome. Well, Savannah, will you join me for the after show? Yeah. Let's do it. Okay. Uh, audience, if you want to join us for the after show, please just head on over to patreon.com slash animals to the max. With that said, Savannah, where can people follow you? Uh, you can follow me on TikTok at Savannah Bone, or you can follow my YouTube channel is Gatorland Vlogs, V-L-O-G-S. Um, all the revenue from that YouTube channel goes to Gatorland Global Conservation Projects in Florida and around the world. Um, and you can follow me on Instagram at Savannah Bone. Pretty much, if you just Google at Savannah Bone, some stuff will happen. Yeah, some good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, audience. Make sure to join us over for the after show. Let's go. Thanks for listening to the Animals to the Max podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with friends and family. Also, if you haven't already, hit the subscribe button. It really helps me out. As always, if you have any guest suggestions, if you want to email me personally, head on over to CorbinMaxi.com. And if you haven't already, check out our social channels. You can follow me at CorbinMaxi on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We'll talk to you next time.